0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. So fun story before we get into anything about this couch yesterday, Jan um, and I have been looking for something to replace those flower chairs for a little bit, but haven't been successful in finding anything that we like and that would fit and all that stuff. Um, yesterday we were going to Costco looking for Tupperware, <laughs> came out with a couch in addition to the Tupperware.
1: Sounds
0: good. got you got. You got. Uh, we got, got a good deal on it. It was the last one there, so it was like marked down and it was like, all right, cool. Um, and then we, you know. All right, well, we brought my car to Costco, my, my little Alonzo, so... <laughs> yeah, here's the keys when I go home and swap the cars, and I'll finish checking out, and then I'll wait here for it. So she goes home, brings her car, um, and we roll it out, and we're loading it up. Part through trying to load it up, we go, this ain't gonna fit. <laughs> I thought with it being in one way or the other, it would fit, but it didn't. So we pull back out, and I go, because I'm gonna call my brother, who has a truck. So I call him and as I'm calling him and I realize I don't think he's answering, then uh, a random guy comes out and goes, where do you live? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, About 10 minutes from here. He's like, I got a truck. Do you want to help? I'm like, okay. Kind of assess the situation. It wasn't just a random guy by himself. I may not have said yes he was with his wife and his like three kids. So I was like, I don't think this guy is going to just steal a couch with his wife and kids. Like, it's just a Sunday afternoon activity, like <laughs> I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm assessing the situation pretty well. He seems like a genuinely nice guy from my half a second interaction so far. Um, <laughs> just get the couch. Huh? I did take a picture of his license plate as, as he rode his truck. <laughs> uh, my brother called me back and he suggested that. He's like, he's like, it sounds like you hit the Good Samaritan jackpot, but just in case, take a picture of his license plate. I'm like, that's a good call. So I did that. But also I had a little um, uh, leverage just in case because... They they had you know three kids in the back, his wife and himself in and the front. And you going to take the three kids? No
2: no no. <laughs> 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 they come
0: out with a Costco cart full of groceries and a big bin that they just bought, and a case of water, and oh, yeah, Costco yeah, yeah. paper towels. And, so you uh, and we just that. put our new couch in the back of his truck. I'm like, hey, were you gonna put all your stuff in the in the in the bed of the truck? He goes, yeah. I'm like, you wanna put it in our car so and then we swap when we get back to our house. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm like cool. So. We've got all their groceries from him, too. So, like, I really don't think he's going to steal our couch and then just be like, hey, I mean, we have a lot of his groceries. so It may have been just as much as the couch, but anyway, he comes here, he drops it off. He's like, oh, wow, you really are close. And I gave him the address, and he comes by and comes here together. He even helps me bring it back to the back door and load it in here. Um, I try to offer him some money. He's like, no, 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 no. I just wanted to do it just to help him. Okay, I'm like, hey, can I pray for you then at least? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. And I talk with him for a minute, and he's Catholic, you know, they're, they they believe in God, but they're Catholic, you know, and um, so we pray with them, and, and then he also tells me that he does work in this area, um, and they do, they do, you know, all sorts of house renovations and stuff like that. Hey, if you ever need anything, here's my car, and they cool. So, it was just a cool interaction. It was like, you know, super good Samaritan jackpot I hit there, um, and you know, I, I honestly wasn't worried about him stealing the couch, and we also, like, were following him, yeah. you know, but, and so, anyway, it was, it was just a, a fun situation, I was like, here's a fun adventure, we weren't, ex- we were just going here for Tupperware, and <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. That's the kind of thing I don't think of happening north of North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was kind of cool.
0: Um, can I share one other little testimony with you guys? Yeah, go for it. All right, so, uh, I think it was last week that the guest speaker was at the church, or maybe two weeks ago. Um, we had a guest speaker at the yeah, church, and um, he was the former lead singer for the Newsboys, John James, and he's at the church, and he, he gave um, two sermons that day in the, in the morning services, and then one a separate about um, evangelism, the simplicity of evangelism in the evening. And it was really cool. I really enjoyed it, and, you know, these situations, like the couch, praying for random people, Praying for service, you know, not not rare. It's not an uncommon thing for me and some people in this group Um, After the hearing the simplicity of evangelism talk that this guy um, talked about then uh, the next day I was praying on my way home from work and I'm like God would you give me more opportunities to be able to evangelize to people? I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, we haven't been eating out as much lately, so, like, there goes all of our opportunities to pray with servers. I'm like, God, I feel like I don't have many opportunities. So I'm like, God, you know, in my head, I'm like, God, give me give me more opportunities and help me to see them and, and act on them. And let me tell you, within 10 minutes, I ended up going to Home Depot and uh, right after I prayed that prayer, and... Going in there to make a copy of a key and uh, the I asked the person as as they're you know making the copy of the key, I'm like, hey, can I pray for you for anything? It's like what? I'm like, is there anything I could pray with you for? It's like, oh no, I'm good, you know, we're on the same page, I'm a Christian also and I believe in God. I'm like, okay. But can I pray for you for anything? No, I'm <laughs> alright, but thanks though. I'm like, okay, no problem. That's so like I said it twice, for so the first time, almost every time I ask them that, they say what? <laughs> um I like, just kind of caught off guard. Like, I wasn't expecting that. You must have said something else. What did you really say? Oh, pray? Okay. The second time I was saying it, asking the guy, I'm like, hey, can I, can I pray for you? I see a, another customer kind of walking down. I like, I said a little quieter. I'm not like, trying to hide it, but you know, I'm just trying to have a uh, private conversation with the guy. Yeah, whatever. You know, Have a great day. And I go to check out, self-checkout. My scan my key that I just made a copy of. and. That customer who was walking past when I asked the guy a second time goes, Hey, can I take that prayer that that guy passed up on? I'm oh like, goodness. what? I, I swear this guy was just trying oh to goodness. be funny, be a jerk, you know, make fun of me, be a Christian, <laughs> and praying for someone in public. He goes, no, that, that guy just passed up on a prayer. Could I, I have that prayer? I'd love for, um, you know, prayer for, uh, um, hold on, what did he say? Uh, Serenity. Serenity and and um, peace with God's will. I'm like, wow, okay, like this guy's legit. This guy's for real. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so we're talking for a few minutes before I get into anything. We I finish and we, we step outside of the front doors and we're we end up talking for like 15 minutes and then I pray with him and he opened up. He shared a lot. It was really cool. And I was like, This guy this guy had a sweatshirt that said one word, it just said faith. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're you're really like I think God's going to honor you in that because you're you're literally and and spiritually like wearing faith on like outwardly like your shirt says faith and you just acted in faith of like you wanted prayer, you sought it out like that's really cool man and it was really it was a really cool experience um the next few days after that, I saw opportunities to have kept taking them um so, I just encourage you guys in that too. Like, the opportunity is there. There is no lack of people who need prayer or who want it. They're not always that bold to be like, hey, man, can I take that prayer? But people who are wanting it, people need it. Even if they don't want it, they, they need it. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And I was just like, God, within 10 minutes, you, you gave me an opportunity that I was not expecting. And, like, I was like, all right, God, like, you know, I could not like, God, you know, in that moment. I asked, I tried, whatever, it didn't work, but then, four seconds later, as I'm walking away, a guy was like, hey, can I take this prayer? I want that prayer. He passed it off. I'll take it. Like, All right. You got it.
3: <laughs>
0: so, getting into today's discussion, hearing from God, you may have seen we're going to be going into it with a little different uh, perspective of you know, previous two Bible studies was what to do when you don't know what to do. Does anybody remember, recall anything, or have notes on anything of what we discussed in those two previous Bible studies for those who were here? If not, that's fine.
4: Jacqueline! <laughs> you heard me. Um. Well, this one is from October 10th. I don't know how long ago which one that was. Um, But talking about the difference between the word being Logos and Rhema, the inspired word of God and the the quiet whisper um, and seeking God in those moments. Um, And then, uh, one big takeaway being in order to hear the Rhema being the whispers from the Holy Spirit Um, accurately we must know God's Word as His spoken word in the Bible Um, and then this the concept of resting in the Lord um, was big on that day as well. I think those are the only notes that I have though.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yeah, That's good. We looked at you know how how to detect God's Word and you know it
3: it all starts here. It all starts with the Bible because that is God's written Word and
0: so when we're praying with Him the Holy Spirit speaking to us, how do we how are we able to detect is that the Holy Spirit? Is that the enemy? Is that you know modern day just social media and the media telling us what to do? We can't detect it unless we already know what his voice sounds like. And that's how we can that's how we can, you know, make sure that it's God speaking to us and not another outside voice. So today we're kind of going into it with hearing from God. What's stopping us? What's stopping us from hearing God? So I have two questions to start out with, with for you guys. First question, what are some things that keep us from hearing from God? Yeah, it kind of sounds like this is, you know, hey, you guys are going to give the, the discussion here, but you know, what, what are some things that go off the top of your head that stop us or stop you personally from hearing from God that you don't have to differentiate, whether it's you or people in general, go for it.
2: Not listening.
0: Not listening. Yeah. What
2: else? It's like the obvious
0: one. That, that is obvious, but <laughs> sometimes like it's it's it, it it doesn't I don't think just goes without saying. What else? Filling
3: our mind with stuff
0: that isn't God honoring. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Filling up
3: space that yeah, exactly. What else? I would think patterns of sin would be pretty high on that list. Okay.
0: For sure. What else? What, what keeps
3: us from hearing from God?
4: Unforgiveness. That's
0: good. Anything else? <coughs> cool. I I think there's there's a lot of things, which I'll get to in a second after the second question. Second question. In everyday life. What... <laughs> in everyday life... What's squirrel? <laughs> in everyday life, what distracts us? It's all for dramatic effect. <laughs> what distracts us? My to do list. Mm.
1: What else? Social media. Mm
3: hmm.
0: Like there's a lot more things distracting us than two things.
2: Business. Ooh.
0: Hit it there. What else? stress. Hey, there we go. What else? What distracts you from reading this Bible, unless, unless you have perfectly and consistently and without fault read this Bible every single day, you don't have anything to, to contribute to this list, then otherwise you're, you're, you're off the hook. What distracts us from reading and spending time with God and doing what God says every day?
3: Relationships. Relationships. Everything. Yeah. That's kind of what it's I was thinking. More. Everything that's not studying I, scripture. But I, like, yeah. Well, I would even say- would, Life.
2: Yeah. I would even say good things. Hmm. Like plenty of good things can- it's like all things in moderation, right? Sure. Bad things. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> Bad things for sure. <laughs> Bad things are like the obvious one.
3: But like even like good things. Cool. See, for me it's primarily work. Work? Ooh. Yeah.
0: It's a big one. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, a non-exhaustive list of what I put together. Um, we're going to hit on a, a few of these today. Distractions um, of, of what keeps us from hearing from God. Distractions, busyness, doubt, fear, lies, pride, sin, shame, listening to other voices. Those are and and a lot of what everyone else just hit on, I think, fall into you know some of these categories, and some of them kind of overlap. You know, distractions and busyness, some of some of the same. Um, but we'll we'll get into it in a moment. I have a, a little narrative for you guys. You may have heard it before. You may not have. It's called Satan's Convention. Satan called a worldwide convention of demons. In his opening address, he stated, We can't keep Christians from going to church, reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't keep them from forming an intimate relationship with their Savior. Once they gain connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches, let them have their covered dish dinners, but steal their time so they don't have time to develop an abiding relationship with our enemy, Jesus Christ. This is, again, Satan speaking these words. "'This is what I want you to do,' said the devil, to distract them from gaining the life that is found in their Lord "'and maintaining a connection with him throughout their day. "'How shall we do this?' his demon shouted. "'Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life, "'and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds,' he answered. "'Tempt them to spend and spend and spend "'and borrow and borrow and borrow.'" Persuade them, both male and female, to work long hours chasing money to try to afford their empty lifestyles. Keep them from spending their time together with each other, with their children, and as families. Their families fragment. Their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds until you have drowned out that still small voice. Entice them to play with electronics and technology in their homes, cars, and place of work. CDs, DVDs, smartphones, tablets, laptops, TVs, see to it that every store and restaurant plays secular music constantly. This will jam their minds and will break their union with Christ. Fill their coffee tables with magazines, books, and newspapers. Pound their their minds with mundane news broadcasts 24 hours a day. Invade their drive-in moments with billboards and radio talk shows. Flood their mailboxes with junk mail, catalogs, sweepstakes, and every kind of promotion offering free products and false hope. Keep shiny, cosmetically enhanced, tan-toned, and airbrushed models in front of them as examples of outward beauty so that they will never become satisfied with themselves and their lives. Give them Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny to divert, them, to divert their attention from our enemy's incarnation, life, sacrifice, and resurrection. Even in their exercise, let them be excessive. Make them return from their recreation exhausted. Keep them too busy when they are in nature to behold the Creator's glory. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, plays, concerts, and movie theaters instead. Keep them busy, 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 busy. Crowd their lives with so many good causes that they have no time to seek power from their Lord. I'm going to read that again. Crowd their lives with so many good things that they have no time to seek power from their Lord. Crowd their lives with so many good things that they have no time to seek power from their Lord. Soon they will be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family for the good of the cause. It will work. It will work. It will work! Shouted all of Satan's demons in unison. The demons were eagerly, went eagerly to their assignments, causing Christians everywhere to get busier and busier. More rushed and spread far too thin going here and there, seeking meaning and purpose, having little time to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him, having little time to tell others about him, about his grace, his saving grace, and his immeasurable love. The question is, has the devil been successful in his schemes? And does busy stand for being under Satan's yoke? You be the judge. I guess thing.
4: Well, that should be the end of Bible study. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like modern day life in 2022.
2: Yeah. I think we will always find uh, reasons to not or whatever. And like I think and I know that we've been in like the same sermon series before and stuff and I know that like you've said this before. Um, I would even like adapt it and say um, like not that we don't have time. It's that we don't make time. Um, like we make time for the things that are important to us, mm-hmm. and uh, oftentimes we just we don't prioritize God as God, like <laughs> as like the not only like the number one most important thing, but like the only important thing, um, and uh, yeah, we can we can lose sight of that really easily. Has anybody read the Screw Tape Letters? That's what Speaking I was the thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. So, letters. Like, screw Tape Letters are so good. Anyhow, uh, that's like pretty much the entire book of the Screw Tape Letters mm-hmm. It's like, okay, how can this demon? Okay, he can't win in this battle. So like, what is he gonna do? Like, how is he gonna distract him? Okay, can't distract him with this. Gonna distract him with this, and like consistently just continually trying to distract in any way, shape, or form, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great book. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a wild
0: read. I was, I was looking for a quote from that book, and I ended up coming across that. But here's a quote from C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape, Screwtape Letters. It's funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. So again, this is from the, the book The Screwtape Letters of the senior demon teaching his, his you know disciple, his nephew... Um, Another demon of how to torment his person. How to go about the best ways for a demon to distract them from the enemy. The enemy being God in the demon's perspective. But, yeah. It's funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Keeping the good things out. Keeping God out by having other stuff in there. They don't need to keep God out. They just... Here's... Here's something to keep you busy, and a lot of times it's good things. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to look at a little bit of you know of this example, and then we'll talk about how to undo it. I want to look at. No, I'll just read this really briefly. Um, 1 Corinthians 7.35, this is this is Paul talking in the context of marriage, of like, hey, like should you get married, should you not get married, it really doesn't matter as long as you're not distracted. Like, sure, go ahead and get married. If if not being married is going to be a distraction to you and is going to cause you sexual morality, get married. It would be better to get married. But if it's not an issue for you, like me, Paul then don't worry about it. Don't get married. Better to not be married because you don't have to divide your tension between your spouse and God. You can just focus on God. It was in that context that he's saying, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So again, that's in the context of marriage. That's where this is pulled from, not pulling it out just to say, hey, this is what Paul is saying, but in that context, which I think can be applied to just anything in general, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. And if we just have that kind of in the, in the you know back of our mind or maybe the forefront of our mind, what's going to help me serve the Lord best without distractions today? Can someone go to Philippians 4.8?
2: quote that one. That's a great one. He he pretty much brought it up already. Yeah. I got it. Go for it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things.
0: What's he saying there?
2: Focus on the things of God.
0: And how do we do that practically? Because we work in in jobs that aren't, you know, always necessarily God honoring or have anything to do with God in the actual workplace. Right? Dealing with numbers, with patience, with all sorts of things with with customers, with angry coworkers, with Passengers with kids with you know all sorts of different things. How do we focus on on God honor and stuff? How do we focus on good things on things that are honorable and true and right and pure and lovely and admirable? How do we do that?
2: I like to run thoughts through the filter like if you start if as you like get hung up on things um, it can be really hard to remember because that's part of the problem you're having is you're distracted but um, to run it through the filter of this verse um, be like all right is what I'm thinking about consistently is it true is it honorable is it just is it pure is it lovely is it commendable is there any excellence or is there anything worthy of praise and like if Know that I need to stop thinking about that continually, and I need to like stop focusing on it uh, because it's a distraction. But if there is truth, if there is honor, um, and like these things, then it, then continue to abide in that. If that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. All right.
0: Here's one for you. Somebody want to take uh, Joshua one eight.
4: Read it. Go for
0: it. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Hmm. What if we put that last sentence in the beginning and, and pose it as a question? Or as not maybe not maybe not a question, but if you want to prosper and succeed in all you do, listen up. Study this book of instruction continually. What book? The Bible. Okay? At that point, it would have been the Old Testament. It would have been... The um, Levitical Law. Actually. Thank you, yeah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That, that would have been their instruction. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written on it. <clears throat> so,
3: when should you study it?
2: Day and night.
3: Some might say without ceasing. Mm-hmm.
0: So continually. Yeah, so study this book of instruction once a week. Refresh every once in a while. Yeah, every month or two, if you if you finally get a chance, study it, meditate on it. You know, for twelve minutes because you had twelve minutes free that month. No, study this book <coughs> and continually. Study this continually. Meditate on it day and night. So, that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in some things of your life. No, in all you do. Like, if that's, if that's a statement, if this is, if Joshua's words are God-inspired words, which I would hope that all of us believe that they are because they're in God's word, you can take that to the bank. That's a promise. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You will prosper and succeed in all you do if you study this and meditate on it and day and night. And that's all you have to do. And be sure to obey everything written in it. Ah, there's the kicker. It's not just, hey, just study for your tests and that's it, you pass. No, you gotta put it into practice. Yes.
4: yes. And I had something. Oh yeah. Um, back rewind a little bit to what um, Zach was talking about and the reading the Philippians verse made me think of Second Corinthians ten five, the second part where it says we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And like just came to my mind when we were talking about keeping our thoughts fixed on what is true, what is noble, what is admirable, what is pure whatever is praiseworthy, like, we have authority over the thoughts that are in our head. Like, we can take authority over them. We are called to do so and to submit them to Christ and the truth of what is in the Word. So, to say, like, oh, you know, I can't, like, my mind is just my mind. Like, it's just, there's not good enough. Like, take every thought captive is something that we are able to do. So, the test that, like, Zachary's talking about running through whatever our, like, thought is at that moment that is maybe not admirable, not trustworthy, not whatever. It's like, you can literally say in your mind or out loud, whatever it is, like, I'm not going to think about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to choose truth and, you know, recite mm-hmm. God's word over top of what that is over and over again until it's like, you know what? It's it's captive now. Like, get out. You don't belong yeah. here. That kind of thing. So that is another, like, Practical thing that we're talking about like first you have to know like Joshua 1-8 like you have to know his word You want to have it in your back pocket every time Mm -hmm. That's the only way that you're gonna be able to take thoughts captive regularly is by knowing what the truth is In order to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, no, that's good because you can't know What a lie is unless you know what the truth is if someone said Hey, did you know that? I don't know did you know that Yana just stole a car yesterday? Really? That's sick. No, I didn't, I didn't realize that, tell me more. Yeah, you know, she just like, she just like, Grand Theft Auto style. Went up to a red light, pulled the person out, stole their car and, and just, and had, had a joyride for it. Like, really, is that so? Yes. Um, yeah. you know, I don't really know really where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, babe. But I could be like, hey, actually, I was with Yana the entire day yesterday. We woke up, we ate breakfast, went to church, went shopping, tried to buy Tupperware, ended up buying a couch, Um, came home, ate lunch or whatever meal it was, went for a walk. Like, Actually, I know the truth that I can account for where she was all 24 hours yesterday. I know that was a lie. I only know that's a lie because I know for 100% certain
2: what the truth is. Yeah. I think you can even take it even further and just because you know Yana and you know Yana's character, Mm -hmm. um, you know that she didn't. Exactly. Um, And so as we continue to get to know God and we know his character, we know how he operates, um, it's like the sheep know his voice Mm
3: -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a gift
2: of discernment. Yeah. Yeah. I had an absolutely phenomenal discussion with someone at the LH Young Adult night the other night and we were just I I loved every moment of it, um, and he was he was telling me about a sermon that Pastor Sammy preached a couple a few months ago, where he told the story of John the Baptist and um, his and uh, the king who the mother of the daughter that danced before him, and he like kind of got tricked into saying like Hey, what?" or, or he allowed himself to to say. Hey, whatever you want, I'll give you, up to half my kingdom or whatever. And she says, uh, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And he's like, but I like JTB. Like, he's my boy. (laughs) And so then the guards go to get him. And then, uh, like, God causes an earthquake and John the Baptist escapes. And he's like, uh, and the crowd, like, just kind of erupted, right? Like, and they were just like, everybody's clapping. It's like, yeah, God came through and then Pastor Sam was like, Yeah, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> he got beheaded and he died and it was served on a silver platter. And like I really the,
3: thought you were confused and I am like, Oh my god, I'm like, so
2: so he's like he's like, and you could have heard a pin drop. And he and he, what he said was, um, I was not mad for a moment that Pastor Sammy did that. I was so happy because I was one of the people clapping. Mm -hmm. And like, I, it was very convicting for me that I need to know better. Um, And so because of that, and like, it sounds like something that could be true. Like God freed people from prison so many times, Mm -hmm. right? So like the importance of knowing um, and meditating on it day and night and like the... It was just such a, uh, an edifying conversation that we had back and forth. And like when he was talking about that and the transparency and the realness of being like, yeah, I didn't realize. And um, I just kind of followed the crowd. And like we are not meant for that. so.
0: Yeah, I want to add this on along with Joshua. 1 I want to add on Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I'll read it to you guys. You can feel free to turn there if you want goes along the same lines. Right in here, what's that? Deuteronomy 6, oh, okay. verses 4 through 9. Was I'll give you guys a few seconds since so everyone's pretty much starting there. Deuteronomy 6, or the very beginning of the Bible. Deuteronomy, oh, near beginning. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through
2: 9. I heard a guy talk about this verse one time, 2,000 years ago. He quotes this
0: one. Listen, O Israel. The Lord, is your, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hand and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, do you need to physically write this on your forehead and on your hand and on the front door? Maybe. Maybe. If that's what it's going to take for you to remember God's law, remember His word, to be able to help you to remember to commit yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord, if that's what you got to do, then do it. But he's trying to get a point across here. like Remember this. He's like, don't forget it. Like When you wake up, when you go to sleep, in the morning, at night, to your children again and again, whether you're at home, whether you're on the road, like, on your forehead, like, even more practical today when, you know, you see yourself in the mirror a few times throughout the day, on your forehead, on your hand, on the doorposts of the gates of your house, like, put it everywhere, remember God's law. And it might be something else to you, it might be a, a phrase that says, God loves me. It might be a phrase that says, Jesus died for me. It might be a phrase that says, I am worthy I'm made worthy. You know, whatever it might be. You said that was in Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy six, four through nine. Cool. Go for it.
4: Sorry. It also proves that God's law is not just for us. Right. Repeat them again to your children. So it's for future generations, it's for your kids, it's for the kids mm-hmm. that's gonna go to school with your kids. Talk about them when you're at home, so in your family's immediate family, Thanksgiving, extended family, whoever it is, when you're on the road, if you travel for work, if you don't travel for work, but, you know, you're on Zoom calls or whatever it is, or, like, any of those moments, like, this, on your forehead, somebody else is looking at you, like, on your doorpost when you leave, or, you know, if it's on the outside, if you're, you know, whatever it is, when people enter your home, they're supposed to see it, so it's like, it's it's for us but how much more powerful is it for the people that yeah. come in contact with us as well that don't know and have an opportunity to know because we're putting it everywhere that's because really we're wearing it so yeah that's just kidding
0: me. That's a great point because yeah, you know, they didn't have mirrors, they weren't taking selfies back then. So on your forehead <laughs> isn't really for you. It's for others. And even in your own home on your doorpost and people had people over all the time for dinner, for meals in the night and that would be for others as well. All right, let's get into it. let's get into the meat of this. Let's go into Luke 10:38. Luke 10:38. If you have your Bible, a Bible app, let's go there because we're going to be here for the rest of the evening. Luke 10:38. This is the good stuff guys. I mean this is all good stuff, but this is where this is where we're going to focus on. Luke ten thirty eight. Yep. Okay. Does somebody want to read uh, Luke ten thirty eight through forty two? Twelve pen points if somebody wants it.
2: <laughs> Dibs. Go for
0: it. All right.
2: Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house.
0: Explain, so, someone someone tell me uh, what Martha's concerns are, and someone tell me what Mary's concerns are. Let's start with Martha. What's Martha's concerns? Work, work,
3: work, work, work. Yep.
0: <laughs> she's working, she's preparing a big dinner. She's like, I need help. Gotta set the table, still gotta do this. Jesus, tell my sister to get off her butt and, and help me out. What's Mary's concerns? Jesus. Mm. Jesus. And what else? Jesus. Yeah. And then what's the third thing on her list? Jesus. Where are all her other priorities? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that actually makes sense. <laughs> I was looking for
2: Yeah, that works. She doesn't works. care about anything else. She, she doesn't yet. care
0: about anything else but sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha is distracted by good things. Maybe even spiritual things. Maybe it's uh, maybe something important going to happen. This I don't know. But she's distracted by good things. Good things are good, but not too many of them. Oh, I'm sorry. But too many of them can take your view off the Lord. So, learning activities, sports, news, grades, work, ministries, even ministry. Even Christian ministry can ruin your heart for God, can take your focus off of the Lord, can take your priority away from your relationship with God.
2: Yeah, I probably sound like a broken record because I say this, like, at least once a month, probably. But Phil Vischer, the creator of VeggieTales, talks about, like, when... He was creating Jonah. Um, he ended up overextending himself, and like the studio ended up going under after he released the movie Jonah. Um, and he said, uh, "I got so distracted with what I was doing for God, I stopped doing it with God." Mm. I just think that's a really good way of saying that. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat>
0: so I see here that it's a choice. It's a choice. Martha and Mary both had a choice. And they both chose what they were concerned about. What they were going to spend their time doing. Martha's choice... Sorry. um, Yeah, Martha's choice was, let me worry about dinner. Mary's choice was, let me sit at the feet of Jesus and worship Him. It's a choice. Mary still... Mary chose to be still and to listen. She chose relationship over task, worship over worry, surrender over stress, unhurried over upset, sitting over fretting. And it's the same for us. We have to make the same choice. The choice of... And your choice, you're going to say to God, help me to choose to spend time with you. That is a completely valid and appropriate prayer. Lord, help me to want to want to spend time with you. It's not even a matter of, like, God, help me to spend time with you. Sometimes it's a matter of, help me to want to spend time with you. And then sometimes you want to, but you just don't. It's, I've prayed this prayer many times. Help me to want to want to spend time with you. All right, what else? Um, Anything else that we can look at? There are examples here, Martha and Mary.
2: I feel like context is kind of key because it's not like it's easy for Martha in this situation. Like, she's just chilling in in her house, right? Um, and she's like, oh my goodness, I just welcomed this person into my house. So it's my job to be a host, right? I have to do all the necessary things. And oh, by the way, Jesus pretty much is never alone when he's in somebody else's house. So he's probably got his 12 peeps, maybe some more that he's picked up along the way. So she's got to make all this food. She's got to do this whole thing. She's got to provide for the people that are in the house, right? So, like... The important, sometimes the important things, are not the important things.
0: It's good. All right, Jesus said a few a few things here. My dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary had discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What's that one thing?
4: pe now yeah. That's, it. That's <laughs> your question.
0: <laughs> you're worried and upset over all of these details. Maybe even, and to maybe change up the words a little bit of, of, to rephrase how I said it you're worried about the wrong details. You're worried about the wrong things, Martha. Mary's discovered it, something worth being concerned about, and it won't be taken away from her. What has Mary discovered? Jesus. What will not be taken away from her? Jesus. Thanks, Zach. Come on, fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> I'm on
3: fire. <laughs> 20 for 20.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just goes
0: to show the answer is always Jesus. Jesus.
2: <laughs> I like how Mary doesn't even. Say anything. Really respond, as far as we're aware. Yeah, to your say anything, right? Like she's. <laughs> she's she's like Mary. Um, she calls Mary, and then she doesn't, and then she goes like, "Hey, God, will you tell her to get her act together?" She doesn't even like go up and like shake Mary. She's just like Mary just could not care less about anything else, uh, even her own sister. Right, <laughs> and she just doesn't care. Because it's nothing else is relevant, nothing else matters,
3: yeah, there's probably an an interesting, very deep case study to do here because martha uh the responsibilities that Martha is taking care of are legitimate responsibilities that she genuinely has to someone who's coming and visiting in her home, right like if you went over to somebody's house starting at like noon and they you didn't have any dinner, you were there for like. <laughs> Thirty hours, like you It's it's a genuine concern. Like it's not as if her concerns are unwarranted. Um, and the the interesting thing, is so if any of us were to uh, study scripture to the point that Mary is kind of describing here, we would probably starve. Right. <laughs> so so the the reason that it's so important that Mary. Uh, be at the feet of God because Jesus is actually there. So, so the the kind of interesting and kind of hard to figure out uh, interpretation is: What does that mean in the 21st century? What does that mean in the here and now when we have basically the same access to the Bible, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Um, because that kind of radical reprioritization genuinely does not make sense for our lives. Now we ought to be focusing on God throughout everything we do, um, whether you eat, uh, eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the Lord and God. But it's, it's not exactly as if we could apply what Mary's doing to our lives, right? Because that's, that's an extreme response to the actual creator of the universe being right there. Um, so really, our interpretation might not be quite so much go therefore and be Mary, It might be more accurately, go therefore and have a balance of Mary and Martha. um, Because Mary's actions are not exactly sustainable for a whole life. Well,
0: what do you think would have happened? There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just curious. If, if, um... Jesus was like, hey, Martha, instead of worrying about dinner, why don't you come over here, too, and, and, and sit at my feet, and, and let me speak to you both, and, you know, and, and, and they bo- or maybe they just both chose to worship, or maybe Jesus chose to, um, teach them something, I don't know. What would happen if, if dinner wasn't prepared?
3: I mean, they don't eat. They don't eat?
2: Or, like, Jesus loaves and fishes <laughs> I mean so I, I understand what you're saying and I don't inherently disagree with the like concept I think that there are when it comes to like when we look at Jesus and what he does right sometimes he says like sit dwell right we're gonna we're gonna chill here right now um, and then other times he commands right and he says hey, go do this and he calls you to be obedient uh in action and that could be making dinner right so if he says hey mary make dinner or hey martha make dinner if i believe that if jesus would have said hey mary make dinner that mary would have gotten up and acted in obedience um, she was because her priority was jesus and jesus did not command her to do anything else she was effectively sitting in obedience instead of walking in obedience if that makes any sense mm-hmm. so as a result like we can walk in obedience i don't think that we often at least uh, i mean i definitely fall all over the place but i struggle with sitting in obedience more than i struggle with walking in obedience mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah and i would i would probably say that it's probably the case for most people because we intentionally make ourselves busy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and um, that's my take. And I I think like to what you're saying, I think I understand the the difference there is the difference between like the old covenant and the new covenant like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus with Jesus being present there. Like, we're under the new covenant, meaning the Spirit lives inside of us. So for us to be sitting constantly at the feet of Jesus is having that constant interaction with the Spirit throughout everything that we do in our daily lives. Not that turning off of the Spirit and then going to do life and then turning it on when we go sit to read our Bible. I think that's what it is, like, the indwelling of, like, being at the feet of Jesus and choosing to be, you know listening to him and interacting with him above all other tasks it's not not doing those tasks it's now that we have the holy spirit with us since jesus is not physically present but he is incarnate inside of us that is how we don't we don't allow ourselves to se- separate the secular and the spiritual like all of our life is you know poured out before jesus all of our life is you know unto god whether we're worshiping to worship music or whether we're working and we're doing the job that he's called us to do in the physical realm of our career or whatever. Like, all of that is now to be looked at through the mindset, this is unto God, what would he have me do? Like, that walking in and saying, like, okay, I'm going to go to the hardware store because I have to fix my door or, you know, put the couch back together. So that's a practical thing. But how can I find God in that by being like, oh, if this person wants prayer, if this person pops up. And that's, that, to me, is that, like, sitting at the feet of Jesus while still – living the life that he calls us to because he does call us to live in the physical realm for however many
3: years yeah i mean that could be accurately uh summarized with uh whether you eat or drink or whatever you do all for yeah. the glory mm-hmm. of god yeah
4: that's the idea like because i've heard this this story talked about and everybody like hates on martha at times mm-hmm. because like why aren't you know why aren't you sitting like the obvious choice is to be with jesus but like faking to what you're talking about like the pace of society and the physical world that we do live in is not lost on God he knows that we have you know to do lists miles long or whatever it is he's asking us though and this plan that I looked up because I was like I've seen other things I was looking for a specific thing but this plan says having a merry heart in a Martha world which is exactly I think what you're talking about what you're Mm -hmm. talking about Mm -hmm. is like keeping it in perspective like Martha's responsibilities and obligations were true like they were not invalidated by Jesus he says my dear Martha like he's not upset but he's asking her to consider like the the heart behind what you're doing at that point Mary's heart was purely fixed on Jesus at that moment which as it should have been but even in his first he says But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. Not that those details aren't in existence, right? They're not, he's not saying ignore your responsibilities, Mm -hmm. but what you're worried about, you don't need to be concerned about. There's only one thing to be concerned about. So if the dishes aren't all in order, that's okay. You know, if the silverware is not perfectly placed exactly where it should be, that's okay look to me, like, where, where where's your heart in this case? And, and I think that's the balance that we're talking about, like having the heart of Mary in a Martha world where it's okay to be a Martha. It's okay to commit to your goals and to go after them. It's okay to have responsibilities. It's okay to work through your to-do list, but doing so to the glory of God, doing so with the knowledge that like, God, I dedicate my day to you. I'm submit, you know, I submit, tell me what my list should look like, tell me what my priorities are, tell me what my, what is urgent, tell me what's not urgent, you know, you restructure my day, you, you be at the, the head of it, um, don't ignore what you're responsible for, don't throw off, you know, and, you know, I mean, maybe spend hours at my feet, retreat like (laughs) Jesus did, like, maybe, but kind of what you're talking about, like,
2: the pace that we live is not lost on God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I th- I think uh, yeah what you said just kind of helped jog my memory a little bit. But I I tend to I think I think Martha is a very relatable character to your point, yeah. uh, Jackie. Like because like my my inherent nature is to say okay I got to do this thing. Uh, to prove my value mm-hmm. to God, right? I'm going to do this thing uh, to show God like why he loves me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and why I bring value to the table. I can't bring value to the table. Um, God loves me because he loves me, right? And there's nothing that I can do as an action. Now I act in obedience because God loves me, not because I want God to love me. And so like, the key differentiator there and like I don't feel that in like most occasions, right? So it's the learning to um, live in the in the Mary attitude where instead if Martha had come up and said, Jesus, what would you like me to do? Rather than like, I'm trying to do this thing for you. <laughs> Let me do it, right? So that I think that is the focus and I think you nailed that with your uh Blue Joe.
3: Blue Joe. <laughs> well, you know, it's this blue Connecting.
0: Oh, it's scarcity. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I passed out a little piece of paper Thank to you, you. all. Um, it's called a Mary Plan. Based off of what we just read here. Luke 10, 38 to 42. You know, it, might, it might seem a little... I don't know. Elementary. Or it might seem basic or, or whatever. But, um... I think it's important to have a Mary plan to to have something in place to be able to say who what where when and how and why am I going to sit down at the feet of Jesus and be like Mary here you know yeah we need to do chores we need to make food we need to you know all these things they're all good things not all good things are, are like ah, these are those the good things that Ben was talking about that like those good things that are not important it's like no we do we do need to eat Yes, Jesus can feed people and Jesus can sustain you, but eventually you need to eat food, you need to drink water, you need to go to the bathroom, yes, you need to work. You know, God's not just going to magically deposit money into your account. We need to do all these things. There's not an excuse to say, how dare you work today instead of spending time with God. That's not what this is about. Not about condemnation, not about shame. But how can we move forward? How can we grow? How can we dedicate time to spend with God and how can you practically do this? So I want to take a few minutes here. I'm just going to put on some background music. Um, and decide, decide on five things. A place, a time, um, you know, a song and a verse may or may not be practical to you, but it might not hurt. And a goal for spiritual growth. So where is your married place? And this will all just be only for you. I'm not collecting this. This is just for you. I was going to just have it just pose these questions, but I'm like, no, these these need to be thought out and written down and hopefully acted on. So, where's your married place? Where can you be alone to have a quiet time with God? You know, it might be in your house, it might be in your room, it might be lying on the floor or outside under a tree, Um, it might be a library, it might be out in nature in a stream, I don't know, wherever it is for you. When is your time? When is your married time? Is it going to be when you get up, you know, before you go to bed, after you shower, you know, during breakfast? Is it going to be, you know, during the day at night? um, Maybe you have an hour at work that you have downtime every day. Is it going to be uh, when? When are you going to take time to worship the Lord, sit at His feet? Not, let me just squeeze, I can squeeze in 10 minutes right here. No, when are you going to take time? To where it's okay if you go a little late. It's okay if, hey, if you have to set 30 minutes and you got to go out right then, that's okay too. Schedule it. Maybe you need to schedule it. Maybe you need to put it on your counter. Set a reminder. Be like, this is going to happen. If it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen. Put it on your calendar. What's your merry song? You might have a certain song that helps you to, you know, just reflect and meditate and, and get into the, the um, presence and, and spirit of worship. Um, what's your Mary verse? Maybe you have a certain verse. Maybe it's Luke 10.42. Maybe it's, Luke 10, maybe it's uh, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Maybe that's your verse. Maybe that's something just to help you get into the, the right spirit. Uh, maybe it's your favorite verse. For me in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old is gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation in Christ. And what's your Mary growth? What's your growth? What's the one thing that's been distracting you? An area that you need to grow in? How can you become more devoted to Christ? What area do you need to grow in? Do you need to grow in? I need to read the word more. I need to become more in tune with what Jesus' word said because I I honestly don't know what the Bible says. Was John beheaded? Was he praised? Was he glorified? I don't know. If you don't know, maybe that's your goal. If If it's prayer time, if it's worship, if it's whatever it might be, where do you want to grow in? So, we're going to take a few, uh, few minutes and, um, and we're just going to kind of sit here and um, you feel free to move around the room if you want. You can lay down on the floor, you can sit on the couch, you can sit upside down, whatever you got to do. something you're not sure about, write down something. Write down something anyway. Even if it's, this is where I want to be at, go ahead and write it down better than not writing anything. Not finished. That's fine. You can continue later. Uh, but we'll go ahead and close out in prayer, um, and then we'll split for a little bit. God, thank you for Your Word. Thank you that we can have it so freely accessible to us, twenty-four-seven. Um, help us to be able to meditate on it day and night, to truly be able to commit Your Word to our memory. Not to be able to, to memorize the whole Bible word for word, but to be able to know what You say. To be able to to detect Your voice over the enemy's voice, to be able to detect your voice versus the media's voice, versus the devil's voice, versus any other voice out there to be able to say, I know this is God or this is not God. Lord, we ask for your peace, we ask for your presence in our lives every day. Help us to take those opportunities to, to be aware of them as they come up, to be able to pray with anyone, to be able to help those in need, to be able to be a good Samaritan, to be able to care for people and love for people and to just when it boils down to it just be able to follow those two simple things that you say the most important to love God and love people and in that order help us to choose to sit at your feet instead of choosing our to-do list help us to prioritize what actually matters something that won't be taken away from us like Mary discovered it Lord help us discover it and remind us of that each and every day with each decision. Lord, help us to put this on our calendar so that we do this, so that we spend time with you. So that's not just a, hey, I did it, check mark, I'm done for today. Lord, help us to want to be with you. Help us to want to want to be with you every day, to spend time with you, to say, I don't want to do the dishes until I spend time with God. I don't even want to eat until I spend time with God today. Help us to be able to be excited to spend time with you and to, do, and to obey your word and help us be able to encourage each other and to not do it religiously or legalistically, but only out of love and out of relationship with you. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time and God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that
3: you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.